Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. This is a new theme. As you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, I kicked off one theme called Change Agents, where I feature practitioners, you know, people working in the field of marketing to share with you their tips and tricks and methodologies. But today, the theme is Tech Talk, and I've invited onto the program Jacob Shama. He is the founder and CEO of Mintigo, and today we're going to geek out on AI. So Jacob, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. It's really a pleasure, David, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. And when I say uh, welcome, you are, you are live on the podcast from Israel. So Demand Gen has gone global, and it's uh, great to have you on the program. I know you are here in Silicon Valley a lot, but right now you're back uh, in Israel. And you know what, um, Jacob, why don't, before we start geeking out on AI and such, why don't we talk about, as a founder, kind of the, the history, the backstory of Mintigo, because I remember the first time I met you, and we chatted a little bit about that. I was fascinated how you took what you did um, earlier in life and in your uh, profession and brought that to Mintigo. So can we back up and, and, and share your story of, of how things came to be? Sure, we'd love to. So in, uh, in my previous, previous life, I was with uh, one of the best intelligence organizations in the world, um, and as you can guess, David, it, it wasn't like a James Bond type of organization. It was more of data science organization with PhDs and researchers. And, and we actually leverage uh, data science to find the bad guys. And this is how actually Mintigo started. Um, it's really interesting to see how uh, parallel it is, you know, finding bad guys, trying to find uh, the profile, finding insights, finding... Uh, signals, uh, patterns, predictions, uh, versus finding good guys, which are marketeers. So this is how kind of we started, uh, Tal, Tal Seglow and myself, when we founded Mintigo. Um, and, and the idea of leveraging, you know, AI, predictive, data science, to actually uh, uh, find your best uh, best customers uh, uh, for the sales and, 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 uh, and marketing. So if you're not picking up on this, uh, let me just make sure you all understand that Jacob was in the Israeli military and was on, you know, the team that was responsible, as he said, for finding bad guys. And Tal, the the co-founder, and he, you know, developed the skills and expertise to take a look at different connected pieces of data. And um, I just love hearing the, you know, more the detail that you shared with me on how um, you guys did that. And I always like, you know, the thing that you share with me is, and bad guys hide. They don't want to be found. You know, they do a really good job of making sure that uh, you don't have access to the data. But we marketers, consumers don't hide very much. And so you've been able to leverage uh, you and Tal and the rest of the team, leverage that expertise in connecting different pieces of information and um, finding our next uh, buyer. When did Mintigo get started? When was the company founded? Uh, we started eight years ago, started in Israel, and then opened the office uh, in the U.S. Uh, four years ago. And when you were getting started in Israel, there's a lot of companies that have been coming out of Israel over the last several years. I know I've talked to a lot of different technology companies that were originally headquartered there and now have set up shop in the United States. Um, who are some of the other folks that, that you guys network with that are, that are still out there and well-present in, in Israel? 
Yeah, there are plenty of uh, kind of innovation coming out of uh, Israel. It goes to the fact that uh, when you do in innovation in order to survive, in order to save lives, uh, it's better be a good, a good innovation. So you see a lot of uh, startups, a lot of companies starting here in Israel uh, around security, around cyber, around data science, recently uh, around the uh, marketing solutions and sales solutions. Um, you know, companies like Checkpoint and Palo Alto Networks and, and Waze and many others. So, you know, it, it, it kind of considered to be the, the startup nation. And, and the, most of the uh, companies and most of the innovation that you see here are actually coming from the same, you know, intelligence, um, you know, space of, of uh, I would say, extreme data science uh, that is, is, is uh, uh, driven from, you know, our existence here in, in Israel and, and you know, the challenges that we are facing. It's awesome. I, I've met so many great people uh, from Israel that have started these tech companies, many of them that have actually gotten acquired now. And some, like you said, that you mentioned a lot of brands that are growing. A lot of folks putting offices in Israel as well, like Microsoft and Google, Apple, even Marketo has uh, propped up an office uh, out there. All right, so let's jump into the tech side. And what I'd like to do today for our listeners, Jacob, is... Take them through what AI is in a very practical way so that all of you, when you finish listening to the podcast, you have a very, very clear perspective of how these tools and technologies can be applied to marketing because there is so much hype and so much buzz these days around AI and predictive. I think it's really hard for you guys to sort through all the noise and understand not only who's relevant in the space uh, from a company perspective and solution perspective, but how you can apply these tools uh, to it, so you know, would you mind, Jacob, uh, as as the expert in artificial intelligence, maybe sharing, you know, your perspective on what makes up AI, and just let's start there, and then keep drilling down until we we cover all those practical aspects. Yes, we would love to, and and I agree with you. It's it's uh, let's start from the core because there is a lot of uh, a lot of noise and a lot of buzz. So let's start with the core of uh, what is actually AI. So AI has actually three components. Uh, the data science component, which actually generates the insight, uh, insights from the raw data. The second part is the machine learning, you know, using data and algorithms uh, to make intelligence predictions. And the third part is more of the process, the autonomous process, uh, meaning infusion of uh, intelligence uh, to machine to mimic the human uh, actions. And, and so it's a kind of holistic, uh, holistic uh, a capability that includes the insights, the predictions, and the actions. I think we have to put things in perspective of why AI has now come to be, right? Uh, with companies like Amazon and Google and many of the other cloud infrastructure companies, we finally, and I say we, I mean organizations, finally have a way to collect the data and store the data and store massive amounts of data. I've heard statistics like there's been more data created in the past two years than has been ever created of all time. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I'm not doubting it, but we didn't have the hard drives and the mechanisms to be able to store the volumes of information that we can today. Um, I know marketing automation systems like Marketo and Eloqua and other tools, just all the page visitor data, page visitors, email sends, email opens, all the digital body language capabilities that are being stored 
uh, are massive, like you know, billions and billions and trillions of transactions that have to get stored in the cloud. That was never before possible. Now think about all the credit card uh, transactions that take place, all the consumer behavior that takes place, all the online data. So we have massive amounts of data that is available to us because of the internet and because of just the digital aspects of our lives and the internet of things and now we have a place to store it and so the geniuses like Jacob have been able to take the fact that we can collect all this data and and use it for good and use it for marketing so you said data science was the first aspect of it um, second part was the machine learning right machines being way smarter than we are to take the data and be able to use it to make intelligent predictions. And then the last piece, which you know you don't often hear people talk about, is the autonomous aspect, right? Wouldn't it be great if we could market while we sleep? And how are we going to, at scale, uh, engage with our prospects? So thanks for, thanks for breaking that out. Um, Maybe we could talk a little bit about now AI for marketing, because you know certainly everybody listening in, the sales and marketing community of Demand Gen Radio. How do we apply AI? How is it being applied uh, for marketing? And so let's let's go into that. You want to kick it off? Yeah, sure. So, so going back to what uh, you have said about the big data and about the uh, amount of data that surrounds us. So this is on one hand the opportunity, like we can do a lot with that uh, data for marketing and sales perspective, but also it introduced the complexity of doing that. And, and I would argue that AI is not like nice to have. It's really a, a, a crucial need in the marketing solutions. Um, you know, if, if you really want to do one-on-one -on -one marketing at scale across your entire market with all the prospects, known and unknown prospects, and your customers, uh, uh, there is no other way rather than, uh, than using AI. So AI is, is not like a nice to have. It's not like another application. It's really a new way of doing doing marketing and that's that's the importance uh, of it you know my, my guess that in, in in a year or so everybody will use that as part of their marketing and sales uh, solutions well it's, it's certainly showing up in our lives as consumer right i think b2c companies always lead a little bit in front of b2b companies in the use and application of technology because um, they can drive immediate impact, right? It's a very transactional uh, nature in, in B2C. So can you um, can you talk a little bit for those people that aren't familiar with Mintigo, just maybe uh, kind of cover who Mintigo is from a, a platform perspective? Sure. So, so uh, Mintigo is intelligence customer engagement uh, platform that puts the power of AI in your hands as marketeer. Uh, it delivers the intelligence, it delivers the prediction. It's actually the holistic solution of AI uh, for you as marketer in order to discover the right audience, the right accounts, the right leads, uh, to engage with the right audience at the right time, and actually to convert or to win using the right message and the right insight. So it's kind of uh, an infrastructure or, or a brain on top of your marketing automation and a CRM uh, that allows you to do better, better marketing uh, at, at, uh, at scale. You know, one of the reasons that I wanted to start this Tech Talk track on Demand Gen Radio and have folks like you on, Jacob, is I feel like we've almost done a disservice uh, at these conferences that are taking place where we don't demonstrate and show the tools and technologies. Everything's kind of almost hidden behind a case study. And that case study is is more PowerPoint oriented. And you hear about uh, these capabilities, but you don't really get a chance to see it. So that's why, again, I wanted to create this Tech Talk track and share with all of you a way 
through the podcast so that you can understand how these tools can impact uh, what you're doing. So what I like to say, you know, when when Jacob describes the company and describes the value proposition, I like to give an example uh, that I've always shared with my team, which is Netflix, because it, I think a lot of us are using Netflix or understand the, the concept of binge-watching content. And so think about for a second when you launch Netflix. And if you've ever noticed that as you look at the recommendations, you'll see a percentage like 98% or 96% or 80%, whatever the number is. And that's the intelligence engine. That's AI. That's exactly what Jacob is saying is letting the machine do the work for you and make recommendations to viewers. And the, you know, if you've ever wondered what goes into that algorithm, I certainly didn't uh, have any role in writing the Netflix algorithm. I just know from my experience working with some of the people that have been there and that are now working with us on the client side, they look at things like, where was the movie shot? How long is the movie? Who directed the movie? Who is starring in the movie? Is the movie dark or is the movie a bright movie? Is it a, you know, what category? Is it a comedy or is it an action or a thriller? And so think of all those pieces. Just let your mind wander for a minute and think of all those pieces of metadata about a movie, things you never really thought about, um, you know, the length of the movie and just an infinite number of different metadata points. And as Jacob said, the data science is the first piece, is having all those meta elements. And then the way that the Netflix team turned that data into a useful tool is by looking at you know, the, the aspects of automation and saying, now we can predict whether you're going to like the movie based on your behavior and what you're, what you're watching. And certainly companies like Amazon have done that very well in terms of making product recommendations, not only because of what you're buying and looking at, but even at people like you that have bought those products or people in your town. Right now, you know, the country's getting hit with nor'easters. Do you think that Amazon is recommending snowblowers, generators, and shovels to people down the street from you? If you are buying those products, they absolutely are doing that. Yeah, I think that the Amazon example is is is, uh, is actually fascinating. It's it's really telling this story of of the promise of AI in 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 B two B marketing. So where you know what we used to 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 had uh, in terms of your ICP ideal customer you know profile in the past was you know filmographic. We used to know what is the size of your company, what is the revenue, how many employees, and according to that, we used to do kind of a mess. Uh, uh, marketing, uh, which wasn't kind of one-on-one in your ability to engage with the customers. AI really gives you the ability to engage with intelligence. So let's take, for example, a security company. Uh, we have a few customers that are security companies. And, and, and let's see what is the ICP that we can actually create that in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, their market. So, you know, you can know uh, which companies are hiring uh, cyber-related uh, um, uh, related positioning. You can know what technologies they are using, you know, like Palo Alto Networks uh, uh, technologies or, or Checkpoint technologies or any related uh, to security uh, technologies. You can actually find indicators for your competitor, uh, competitors uh, in terms of the technologies that, you know, potential customers are using. Um, you know, you can have uh, uh, intent indicators, intent signals around, you know, searching for a specific uh, security technologies like Palo Alto, like, like uh, Checkpoint. So the, the richness and, and how granular is, is the ICP, that's exactly what 
the, the, the added value of AI. So first you have all the intelligence that you need, all the fit indicators, all the buying signals, your entire ICP across your entire market, meaning uh, your, your customers, your, your known prospects and your unknown prospects. And on top of that, you have the predictions, which are actually related to the scores that you have mentioned in terms of the scores of the movies that tells you where to put your efforts, where you put to put your uh, focus in terms of people or accounts that are uh, more likely to buy your, your product uh, than the others. So in that way, you can really focus on the 10, 20 percent of, uh, of uh, accounts and, and, uh, and, and leads that really fits your offering and, and are actually maturing in their buying in their buying signals so just to summarize that in, in terms of the the the, uh, the value or the benefits of ai so you get the score the scores across your entire uh, product portfolio uh you know if you have for example three different products product a b and c uh, so so you can build three predictive models for each and one uh, of your uh, products and then on top of that, you will get all the insights that are relevant for this scoring. So it's not really a black box. You'd get the score itself and also all the intelligence, all the insights, uh, uh, why, you know, this prospect is, is uh, 95 and this, this one is, is 25%. Does that it, make sense? Uh, it, it does. And um, I'll just bolt on to it a few things. You know, so what, what makes sense is how you're collecting the information, right? So you are plugging Mintigo into your client's uh, CRM instance as well as their marketing automation system. And when you when you connect that, you're bringing in things like the closed one information, the accounts and the contacts. You're bringing in all the metadata from the marketing automation system. And as you bring in all that the data, kind of like the elements that we talked about or the example I gave with Netflix, you're able to find connective elements between all these different records. And so if I'm, you know, we've got clients who have, like you said, multiple different product lines, right? The the fit is not always necessarily going to be the same. I may have a product for small business. I may have a product for the enterprise and, and different types of um, offerings. And so one of the things that's nice about Mintigo is you have these different scoring profiles for people's different types of products or services, and you can line that up. The other thing that you guys do, which is different from some of the other um, AI tools and technologies out there, like you said, is it's not a black box, meaning that your profile that you've created is not a mystery. And coming back to my Netflix example, imagine you could double click, if you would, and see like, why does, why is David getting fit for this movie? Like I watched Jumanji the other day, you know, why did I, why is that movie appealing to me? Was it that it contains um, computer graphics, Dwayne Johnson, all that type of stuff. So when you look at a profile in Mintigo, you can see what the insight elements were around that. No, I think it helps a lot, Jacob, for people to understand um, certainly how that works. And you guys have evolved the platform a lot since the company was founded. Um, one of the things I know that you do, which I'd love to hear more on, is just the the um, the data that you collect. You guys have thousands, I think, of, of pieces of information that you've built and aggregated about companies, correct? Yeah, exactly. So, so the intelligence is the basis of everything in AI. Uh, in order to have uh, you know high quality predictions and and uh, and processes, you need a very a very accurate and very rich uh, uh, data. You actually need to know everything about your prospects, everything about your uh, you know potential buyers. Uh, so, one one of the major components of of Mintigo is actually a collection system of of data, open source data, the internet. So we we, we regard the internet. 
as our database, and and we collect uh, you know uh, different type of uh, different type of data like websites and 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 uh, and, and PRs and and uh, um, and um, you know and any 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 pieces that is out there that can really uh, give us more data points on on you know different companies and different uh, pros, uh, prospects and we use this uh, raw data to generate uh, intelligence insights so for example if you want to know that a company is using uh, salesforce it's not written anywhere you you need to infer that you need to uh, deduce that from different uh, data points that you have for example if a company uh, is hiring uh, a titles that are related to salesforce that that's a signal if if you see pr that is related to salesforce that's another signal if you see within the website some technologies that are related to salesforce that's another signal so the system actually aggregates all the raw data signals and 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 uh, incre- and generate an, an insight that says okay this company is using is using salesforce or or marketo or eloqua and so on and so forth so that's the way uh, that's the way we we uh, um, we build the foundation of our ai system we have more than 4000 different things that we can say about each and every account those are the data points that uh, i'm talking about those can be fit indicators like you know using specific technologies or having specific hiring and it can be intent indicators that shows an intent of of a specific company on a specific topic like they're searching for a solution for marketing solution or looking for consulting for marketing or interested in 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 data cleansing so you have kind of holistic picture of your all of your market and on top of that you can actually build uh, the different uh, scores so to go even further with that right so now i've got a profile and let's just stick with let's say a company has one product and you've created a profile uh, for that product inside of that profile you've got all these different indicators like you said you have thousands upon thousands of various indicators that you guys have collected not only through your own technology but through your partnerships with other data providers but let's say that I now um, have this profile you know I know that when you look into that profile you can see the indicator elements so I'll use our company as an example you know we are reaching out and looking for companies that have a marketing automation system and particular marketing automation systems. And like you said with Salesforce, we're also looking for people who have certain CRMs because we want to help them with their their MarTech stack and their CRM. If we want to leverage that piece of data, so if, if Mintigo infers that they use Salesforce and you want to use that data, what CRM do they have type of thing, you can map that field over from Mintigo to your marketing automation system or to your CRM and pull that data over. And why would you want to do that? Well, maybe you want for segmentation or personalization, um, any of those things. So you can use the profile from an account and context scoring perspective, but if you actually want any of the insights that were garnered in the profile, you can pull that over to your systems uh, as a helpful way as well so i hope that makes sense yeah yeah that's that's exactly is but it, it's actually more than that it's it's uh, you know the the the, the uh, predictive itself will tell you which are the most relevant indicators for your icp for a given product so some of them are obvious like you said you know using marketing automation like marketo versus eloqua versus hubsot and so on and so forth that that's an indicator that that makes sense but you will get other indicators that you might uh, even uh, didn't think of that that consists your your ICP or ideal customer profile. So you leverage both those that are kind of uh, uh, very, very obvious, 
but also, you know, more data points around uh, uh, ad technologies, you know, using uh, AdWord, for example, uh, or, or, or uh, having a specific spending on, on PPC or having webinars. So, so we'll get a very holistic picture about each and every account of yours. And now you can do exactly what you said. You first can micro-segment, you know, your entire uh, uh, market and be very one-on-one uh, -on -one in, in your engagement. And B, you can actually leverage all those data points to craft and generate the right messaging and the right story. So, for example, in your case, in the Mangent case, uh, probably you will uh, have a different content for uh, a potential customers that are using Eloqua versus those that are using Marketo versus those that are using HubSpot. So that gives you the ability first to segment and also to craft the right messaging uh, to get uh, a really one-on-one -on -one engagement throughout your entire potential market. And I would add that you can actually cover not only those that you see that are known within your house list, but also those that are outside your, your funnel. Uh, so, so Mintigo provides you the ability to get uh, to the relevant audience outside your funnel uh, on top of your, your, your house list. That makes sense. I mean, we've really enjoyed working with your team, and we've learned so much ourselves by helping our mutual clients use and adopt um, the platform. But you guys are you guys are going to another uh, level, and which I think is going to be really controversial. You've got a new release coming out, and you're going to start to predict what stage people are in the buying process. And when I say people, I mean either you know contacts or accounts. So um, let's talk about that because I don't think anyone else is doing that. And the reason I think it's a little controversial, right, is that so many people on stage will say, you know, you're not in control of your buyer's uh, journey. You, you, you know, they have access to information anytime, anywhere. And while maybe all of that is true, what you guys are doing is saying, yeah, but I'm going to tell you what stage they're in based on uh, you know, the digital body language and other things. So tell me um, a little bit about what that's going to look like when that's coming out and, and how you guys are predicting um, those various stages. Sure. So this is part of our Mintigo AI uh, release that is uh, coming actually next uh, next week, and we are very excited about that. This is another layer of, of the intelligence that we provide uh, to our customers. So on top of the ability to really zoom in on your uh, high-fit prospects, now you ask yourself, which are, out of those uh, that are a good fit for me are really matured to be engaged? Uh, and this is the second layer that we are adding. So this is the buying stage uh, solutioning that tells you for each and every account and each and every lead, which buyers are, are in the target uh, phase, uh, awareness phase, or considerations phase. And as you said, this is always kind of how, how you can know that. So again, we are leveraging all the signals that, that we can uh, generate. We, we have signals around your website. Who is visiting your website? That's a very strong signal that, to, that we leverage in order to analyze uh, the buying stages. And also all, all type of intent uh, data that we have. So if, if somebody is out there, you know, downloading a, a white paper on sp a specific uh, related topic that is related to your offering uh, uh, or, 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 uh, or responding to an ad that is related to your offering, that's another indicator uh, of your um, you know, buying stages. So we combine all, all the signals that we have in order to estimate in which stage you are in your buying stage, uh, journey. 
And the three stages I think you guys are coming out with is the target stage, which was very early, and then the awareness stage and the consideration stage, the late stage to do that. And again, this is this is power. This is capability. The, the art of marketing is to think about how now to apply that insight. So for example, you know, how might that affect your nurture streams? If you know someone is at the consideration stage, would you likely target them with different content than someone who is in the, you know, awareness or an earlier stage? So looking forward to that capability coming out. I'm sure we'll work with you guys, of course, on uh, implementing that across our mutual customer base. Um, why do you why do you think Mintigo has been getting um, so much traction over the past couple of years? What's what's different about you guys and some of the other um, AI platforms that are out there? Yeah, it's it's um, you know it has been. We have developed this uh, this uh, uh, technology for quite a long time, so it's a very mature technology in that respect. It's not easy, uh, you know, the, the barrier of entry in in those areas of AI and and, and big data are relatively high. Uh, I would say that in terms of our solution, uh, you know, uniqueness, it's really about the ease of use. It's about the power of, of the technology and it's about the completion of this solution. So AI is complicated and, and, and you don't want to expose these uh, complications to the user. So think about, you know, Apple, for example. It's a very powerful technology, but the, the ease of use is, is like very compelling. And this is the way that we uh, took with Mitigo. It's a very easy to use um, you know, platform, you don't need to be a data science in order to build predictive model. Everybody can do that. It's, it's self-served. So that's, that's the first one. The second one is really the richness of the, uh, um, you know, the, the intelligence. So our system provides you with everything that you need in order to execute your marketing in terms of the data that you need. Uh, you know, the ICP, the fit, the insights, the signals, and, and, and so on. And the third part is the completion or, or the complete a platform which actually allows you to generate uh, uh, predictive models across your uh, entire buying buying stages. So, at the very early stage, you know, prioritization of leads and routing of leads, creations of different audience, you know, for for different campaigns, upsell, cross sell. So, it gives you a complete solution across your entire marketing process. Appreciate appreciate you taking us through that. Um... I remember when we were working with a company called Bella Pictures, and this is a decade ago. Um, they were very one of our early demand gen clients, and they wanted to do lead scoring, something that we've won lots of awards for. Uh, back at the time when we were doing lead scoring, it was far more educated guesswork. Still is a little bit today, but fortunately with platforms like Mintigo and expertise that we've all developed over the years, we can have a lot more precision uh, to lead scoring. But back then... They were, this Bella Pictures um, connects people with photographers, primarily, of course, women who are planning their weddings and need a wedding photographer. And at the time, they were running sweepstakes and offering huge discounts on the photography for weddings. So they were generating all these leads from the sweepstakes promotions they were running. But sales is feedback to marketing, which is often, unfortunately, the case is these leads suck. And what, what suck meant was they were too early in the buying stage. They were signing up for the sweepstakes, but they were really not ready to contract a photographer for the wedding. And so when we started collecting all the data, and we actually, before you guys existed, we would hire um, people with expertise at looking at like credit card data, because these data scientists had the skills to be able to find um, the connections. And so the data scientist that we work with on Bella Pictures, he found that there was a major insight indicator, and that was had the person selected a venue yet for their wedding. 
and found that if you select a venue for your wedding, you are at a stage in the buying process where you need a photographer. And so that become one of the qualification questions um, in the forums, uh, and that was a game changer for them. So all of a sudden, the leads that they were generating were not just sweepstakes winners, but these were people that were at a certain stage of the buying process. And it was a great early lesson for me on, like you said, just things you wouldn't even think about that you can uh, apply. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I'll give you another example that uh, how those, uh, you know, system recommends things that, you know, you might uh, never thought of. So let's take, for example, the ICP of, uh, you know, Mar- Marketo buyer versus a local buyer versus HubSpot buyer. So we did uh, probably a year ago, you know, analysis that uh, we have all the data. So we, we know who is using Marketo, we know who is using HubSpot, and we know who is using Eloqua. So we use this data to analyze the ICP of those three, you know, potential buyers. Yep. And one interesting uh, uh, kind of um, insight that we saw is that there is a correlation, very high correlation between HubSpot buyers and the fact that you have a fax number in your website. You know, that was like 10x uh, correlation. So if you have a fax number within your website, that's a very high you know, signal that you probably is a good fit for HubSpot. Wow. So at the first, it sounds like very strange, but it makes a lot of sense because usually small businesses put a fax number. I'm, I'm sure that you know, demand, center, uh, demand base and, and, and uh, you know, our, our, our uh, you know, like Mintigo or, or, or uh, DemandGen or, or you know, Oracle, for that sake, do not have any, any fax number within their website. Usually small businesses uh, uh, do. So by a very simple, as you said, like by, by a very simple indicator, you can actually segment the market in a very easy, easy way. Yeah, another one that I know of is, uh, I think it was Staples. Um, they found that uh, if you were adding office space, if you were expanding the number of office space, that was a leading indicator that you're going to need more office supplies. And again, it's not it's not what you think of. Those are the obvious things. It's what these tools and technologies. So let me ask exactly. one more question of you before we wrap up. And I got a few things for you guys on the show schedule. Um, what about the future? So, you know, you're a CEO, founder, you are always looking out at the horizon, and certainly you're, you're adding more capabilities to the platform. What's the future of marketing in terms of AI? You made a, a pretty aggressive prediction that in the next year or so, um, this will become table stakes. I don't know if that's true. I certainly hope so. But what, what's the future look like to you, Jacob? And you can take that in any direction you want. Yes. So, uh, I think that you, you mentioned that in, in the beginning. I think that the uh, the the, the uh, um, you know the future is is uh, for marketing and sales is very similar to the future in in other in other areas of you know driving and and uh, our day to day life. It's it's really you know the part of uh, AI in in our life will increase uh, as the technology will uh, you know will mature. And I, I I think that in in a very few years you will see more and more autonomous marketing. Uh, engagement platforms and actually we at Mintigo already working on that meaning that not just optimizing each and every action and each and every stage in in your you know buying uh, buying journey actually uh, uh, optimizing the entire journey itself so for each and every stage you know within your buying uh, buying journey as as a customer you know you'll get the best uh, the best next offer meaning what to offer to each and every prospects within your your uh, um, you know, funnel, which offering, what messaging, uh, and, and at scale. And this is what uh, we have been working there for the last uh, year. It will take some more time together, but I think that it's not uh, far away. And at that, at that case, you know, 
all the heavy lifting of marketing, of the day-to-day -day execution of campaigns uh, in the different channels uh, with a different offering uh, will be part of the you know machine uh, machine uh, uh, execution. And you know, marketeer will focus on the strategy and the guidance of of of, uh, of uh, their marketing in in the high uh, level. And as I said, it's the, you know good news is that it's very close. Uh, definitely in terms of the uh, technology maturity, um, probably it will take some more time for, for people to adapt to those, you know, capabilities, but because still people are looking for more, you know, control and more um, um, uh, ability to retune those, those uh, uh, capabilities. I <clears throat> appreciate that. It's not, it's not far away. And in fact, uh, my daughter was in town and I was talking with her. She's um, going to San Diego State. Uh, this is my youngest daughter. Both both daughters go to San Diego State and both studying marketing. Maybe that's no surprise. But my youngest, Audrey, was talking to me this weekend about uh, social media. She's, she's you know, in my eyes, she's an expert in social media. She's done, um, you know, a lot of client work and, and knows the tools. And she was, to you know, uh, bolt on to what you were sharing. She's like making recommendations, you know, Daddy, I think you should use this tool because this one will take a look at when your readers are most engaging with your content. And therefore, when you want to do your posts, it will automate the process of when to do those posts to make it at the ideal times. And so, you know, if she's a 20-year-old already looking at the power of AI for that, like you said, autonomous customer engagement, what seems like almost foreign concepts to all of us that have been marketing for decades, um, the students and graduates of today are growing up yeah. with these capabilities and, and taking them, not for granted, but but taking them into the workplace. Yeah, it was a cool conversation. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, Jacob, thank you so much. I appreciate you being on Demand Gen Radio. I know it's Israel right now. It's late at night. The kids are probably asleep or getting ready for bed. But uh, you and I are, are having a really enjoy the deep dive into the discussion around AI and, and the power of what you guys are doing. Um, so thank you. Same here. Thank you. Thanks a lot. It was really a pleasure. You bet. I really love working with your team, and I'm going to see a whole bunch of them uh, tonight. So that brings me to um, what uh, the show schedule. I want to make sure you guys get out of the office and attend some of the conferences that are coming up. You pick which ones are, are good for you. Tonight, uh, Topo is going on this week in San Francisco, and so uh, we have an event tonight, a reception tonight. Uh, probably by the time you're listening to this, you're not going to catch that. However, that's a reminder that at every one of the conferences that I am mentioning, DemandGen has something going on. We always love to get everyone together and bring uh, a networking element to the conferences. So if you don't know about it, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, we are going to be involved with the Modern Customer Experience. That is Oracle's event. Uh, April 9th. We're not exhibiting there, but we will be out at the conference. Uh, that's the week of April 9th, and that is in Chicago. A week of April 23rd is MarTech West. That takes place here in the Bay Area. They've moved the location this year down to San Jose. I think that's going to be a really cool conference. So if you like, like me, to geek out on MarTech, that is the place to go. MarTech West. They also have an East Conference later in the year. That's the week of April 23rd. Uh, then there is the Marketo Summit uh, back in San Francisco. That's the week of April 30th. And then the last one that I'm tracking right now is the week of May 7th. That's Serious Decisions. Again, we won't be exhibiting there, uh, but we will be in Las Vegas during that conference, and I know we're going to put something together. So if you're planning to attend any of those conferences, and I do suggest that you at least get out to one or a couple of them, be sure to look up. Uh, let me know that you're going to be there, and be sure to engage with my team and the Demand Gen Alliance, because we'll be there with Mintigo and our other partners. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I know it was a longer episode. I hope you enjoyed the, the theme about getting uh, 
geeky down into our MarTech and looking to do some more of those. So thank you again, Jacob. My best to you and the team. And for everyone else, thanks for tuning in to Demand Gen Radio, and we'll catch you on the next episode. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 